Hey, what's going on, everyone? I'm your host, Adrian Chukliangi. Welcome to the St. Joseph's Capital Show, the home for faith-driven leaders and investors in pursuit of new streams of passive income through the tried and true asset class of commercial real estate. I have conversations with high performers, investors, and syndicators in the industry that are using their time, talent, and treasure to breathe life into and create eternal impacts in their communities. Our goal is to help you build relationships, learn about real estate investing and syndication, and level up one day at a time so that we can all become the best versions of ourselves. Now, let's get to the show. Receive your free access to our seven-day course, an introduction to passive real estate investing, which also includes access to our new ebook, 13 Advantages of Real Estate Syndications. Inside, you'll learn the basics of commercial real estate, how syndications can be a wiser alternative, a detailed example of forcing appreciation and increasing value on a multifamily property, and benefits of passively investing. Receive access to this course and the book by checking out the show notes or visit stjosephscapital.com. That is S-T-J-O-S-E-P-H-S-C-A-P-I-T-A-L.com to start your investment journey. Welcome back to the St. Joseph's Capital Podcast. This is your host, Adrian Chukliangi. I'm so excited today uh, for this show. We have a, an amazing guest, Misi Liu. How's it going, Misi? Hey, going very well. I'm so glad to be here. I know we talked previously, so so glad that there's opportunity to dive into a deeper conversation for your audience and also, you know, just to learn something that I haven't thought about before as well. Amazing, amazing. Um, Misi founded Life Mission Capital, where she has a portfolio of 158 units and started an investment club with more than 500 members. Uh, today, she's helping others invest in real estate so that they can also focus on what matters to them. Uh, she actually came to the U.S. by herself as a 16-year-old exchange student following the traditional success path and going to a good school and, and getting good jobs. But she quickly realized that her life mission goals uh, in the American dream weren't achievable with her nine-to-five job. We see. So, you know, i just like to open the floor to you and let you share with our listeners a little bit about yourself uh, and a little bit about your incredible journey. Yeah, thank you. Thank you. That was a great introduction that you did. And I really appreciate that. Um, so yeah, to go back to where I'm from, I'm originally from China. I did come here when I was 16 years old as a high school exchange student in Arkansas. And uh, I loved my host family who accept me into their family. And from there, I went to college, worked master's degree and in 2019, I accidentally fell into real estate investing <laughs> by being a um, house hacker. Essentially, I had two of my roommates paying my rent and all the bills. And I was like, this is nice. So I got into you know duplex, and but then realized it wasn't really scalable because having to manage tenants and toilets, I it just wasn't working for me. And it wasn't something I really wanted to do. So I learned about apartment syndications, which is a group purchase in real estate. And I wanted to leverage that to help 
myself and also other people to invest passively in real estate. So that's what I do right now. Um, yeah, so I'm just really happy to be here. Thank you again for the opportunity. Yeah, absolutely. I love how you brought up, you know, the, the start into real estate with house hacking. I had a few guests on the show uh, talk about their experience with house hacking. And it's funny how that experience with having, you know, their tenants, uh, you know, help pay the mortgage led them to apartment syndication. And uh, so, you know, really cool, really cool background on how you, how you got started in real estate investing, but also, you know, your story coming from, from China, um, you know, as, as a teenager, you know, I, w- I would love to kind of hear about, you know, how your, your, your culture and your background has kind of shaped your approach to um, where you're at now with, with your business and, and how that, you know, has inspired you to, to help others with financial literacy. Yeah, thank you. Uh, financial literacy wasn't really taught to me when I was growing up because in China, there was a lot of emphasis in studying and studying and studying so much. Even when I was a 14, 15 year old high school girl, I was spending on average 12 hours in school studying. And that was really hectic. And uh, it wasn't really explained to me whether the other alternative solution out there apart from studying um, to make a living or make a make a impact in the world. So uh, when I got to the U.S., I just continued to study until I accidentally fell into real estate, like I told you, and also just the whole financial freedom movement, the fire movement as well. So that really got me started thinking. And um, in last year, I also started the real estate investment club uh, where I work. And uh, we have a little over maybe 500 people right now. And uh, we're really looking at ways to help more people improve their financial literacy. It could be topics like purchasing your first home, house hack, asset protections, just different things. Uh, just re- really trying to be uh, wherever people are needed most in terms of the topics and also how we can help them. And uh, so that's kind of in terms of my one part of my culture. The other part is really related to my family as well. I come from a family where my dad actually invested in real estate right before I came here in 2009. And that was during the economic recessions. So things were really tough for our family when I was here because we didn't expect the recession to happen. And so I was telling myself, okay, I'll never invest in real estate because <laughs> there is so much money tied up, but there is so much more than just that. There's risks in the long-term um, hold of the real estate, but there is also so much benefit to that. I didn't really see. So it also unconsciously gave me a thought to eventually kind of flip that around for my family in China and make something out of it. Wow. No, that's such, such a powerful, you know, lead up to, uh, you know, where you're at now and, and what you, what you're doing. And it's so impactful to educate others on, on financial literacy. And I think this is something that has become a theme on the show is that, you know, when we are going through school and, uh, you know, going through middle school and high school and even college, uh, sometimes that financial literacy isn't, uh, you know, taught and, and we kind of have to to learn on our own. And 
really cool to see, you know, investors like yourself, you know, take that initiative to, to find out more and not only to get educated, but also to take action on that, that education. And, and, you know, that, that was evidence, you know, from, you know, that, 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 uh, that house hack and, and that, you know, the first duplex. So, yeah, I, I would just like to you know, talk about a little bit in regards to that transition from, you know, residential with, with that duplex to the commercial side and how you got to uh, 158 doors that you've invested in. BC. Thank you, Adrian. Uh, so I started with the single family home house hack and duplex, like I mentioned. And then I had a horrible tenant that I inherited that basically maybe like, okay, I don't think I can do this, get to a hundred doors or whatever that I need for my financial freedom goals. So I had to think outside the box. My friend told me about a apartment investing conference in Dallas. So I went and learned about the syndication. I spent about six months learning about the process and how everything works. Um, and then I invested with someone I know passively into 108 units in Lincoln, Nebraska. And from that process, I decided to go active as well. So I went in and invested actively as a co-general partner in the 48 unit in Chesapeake, Virginia. I also invested passively in the process along with my investors as well. And right now we're at uh, the process of looking at fund to help our investors to diversify into more opportunities as well. So that's kind of where we're at, uh, really continuing to network with strong operators, full cycle experienced operators, and see how we can bring our investors to their deals so that it can be a woman's situation on both sides for our investors and for the sponsors as well. Fantastic. No, I love it. Uh, yeah, I want to kind of back up a little bit too and kind of highlight that first co-general partnership that you had. And, um, you know, I think that's, such a huge milestone that sometimes is overlooked, you know, getting to that first deal and, and, and closing and, uh, you know, what was a memorable lesson that you had, you know, from that experience in that first uh, co-GP opportunity? Yeah, I think it's important to activate investors ahead of time. Um, I think it's important to prep them and really make sure they understand the process ahead of time and uh, talk to as many people as you can ahead of time. So it's really a funnel. Um, so the, the big lesson learned is to continue to do that in the future deals, always be raising. Great stuff, Misi. No, thank you for sharing that. And then Misi, it's also fantastic too that, you know, you started a, an investment club, which you mentioned uh, a couple of times already, but, you know, talk to us about that and kind of what, what led you to, you know, in addition to financial literacy, you know, what, what did that look like, uh, you know, for you starting that, um, you know, at, at your W2 job and, and growing that, to, you know, 500 members? Yeah, it's really about understanding where people are at, what, what do they need? Uh, the company I work at, they have people at different levels in terms of their income or financial goals. You know, we have hourly employees who may be making lower or I will have vice president who may be making higher. Um, I mean, there may be have other situations I don't know about, but generally speaking, you kind of have kind of a different range and everyone's needs are different. So it's really about being there for their needs and just promote financial literacy to help them and their family learn about it as well. For example, uh, April is actually financial literacy month. Did you know that? 
<laughs> I did not so, know. That's great to yeah, know. Yeah, <laughs> so it's a great time to continue to help um, people out there just to learn about little things that can be beneficial to improve their finances. So it's really derived based on that. Um, yeah, I'm curious to see where it goes as well. And we have a strong leadership team within the club that is very passionate about the topic themselves and also helping others. So there's a lot of interesting directions we could potentially go. Um, it's still a young baby. It's only a few months old. So, yeah. Awesome. No, I'm sure that's going to produce great, great fruit, uh, you know, as time goes on. And uh, it's only going to help, you know, those in attendance because they're, you know, attending because they're looking for something, right? They're, they're looking to be educated, looking for that community. Um, and I'm sure you and, you know, the other leaders of that club are just going to do great things and, and help people out and, you know, help them uh, with financial literacy. And no, that's such a, a cool little note there about April. I'll have to, to keep that in mind as it's, as it's coming mm-hmm. up. So. <laughs> yes. All right, Misi, I know you have a huge why and a huge, you know, part of that is financial literacy and, and helping people get there. Um, I'd, I'd also like to you know, highlight something that we try to highlight on the show from investors and syndicators and other experts in the industry in regards to how their faith uh, in their relationship with God kind of plays a role um, with their business, with their real estate investing. Um, would you be able to speak to us on and how that looks for you and your life and your business? Yes, definitely. I think it's important to recognize that the faith doesn't always have to be poor and no financial plans. Uh, at least that's what it feels like to me. I, I think it's important to to be faithful and also to be prepared while God does provide, but it's also good to help ourselves to have things in place. So um, I don't necessarily just have conversations with people who have faith, but when it comes to this type of conversations, I try to help people be reminded that uh, the word money is mentioned like 300 times in the Bible. So it doesn't say if it's good or bad just from that, but it definitely certainly speaks of the importance of understanding that. So I think it's important to for people who are faith followers to understand uh, what that means and how we can use that to get to where we want to go uh, financially, physically, or spiritually as well. When it comes to the conversation of asking why, I think it's important to ask that question seven times. So why why do you want to invest in real estate? Why do you want to go to school, right? Or for example, so why do I want to invest in real estate? I want to invest in real estate because I want to achieve certain level of financial freedom, for example, and I want to help others do the same. But why is it important for me to do that? It's important for me because I want to make sure that people don't always feel financially burdened to make, unable to make the right choices, even though uh, no matter what's the situation, we should be able to make the right choices. But I want to be able to remove the barriers they have to take, they have to make to get to those choices. So keep asking the question a few times and see what the answer is for you. For me, when I asked that question seven times with my coach, I was about to like cry. Actually, I was already crying, to be honest, because (laughs) I was like, wow, like there's really a deeper way to understand what I'm investing because I felt that um, 
when I remove the financial burdens from people, they're actually really focused on what they're passionate about, whether it's fulfilling Christ or fulfilling their mission through continue to invest in things, invest in people, investing, helping others or their talent, their artistic skills. It could be many things like we all express our potentials in different ways. So I just think it's so important that would provide them with that option to be able to focus on those things. So that's one of my big reasons because I know people in my life today that is so passionate about certain things, but like, for example, theology, my, my husband is super passionate about theology, but he's not working on that full time right now, but he still keeps it going. But just imagine that we can remove those barriers, just be like, okay, go focus on just theology. And he's going to be able to make so much more impact and so much more progress on the work as well, or even other people. So I think finance is a necessary evil to understand. And when used correctly, and financial literacy especially, when we have a good understanding, it can be a really powerful tool. So impactful and powerful. There's so much wisdom uh, from you know what you, what you brought up in regards to scripture what you were what you brought up in regards to removing barriers to, to focus on different passions but also helping people see that and i and i i really love kind of breaking down the barriers around uh you know being a good steward and what that means in, in regards to having wealth um you know because you, you brought up money right having having um kind of a, a neutral a neutral meaning right it's like neither good nor bad uh, but you know, it's, it's something I think that we're called to, to be masters over as, a, as opposed to be, to be mastered by, right. And it's like, well, you know, if we get our finances in order, if we get, um, you know, that in order, then we can, then we can say that we're, we're masters over it, um, as opposed to, you know, being mastered by it. Right. And, and I think that was Definitely. You know, such, such a great point that you made and, um, mm-hmm. You know, it, I think you know God calls us to be to be steward, like to be solid stewards, and you know it, it kind of goes back to the, the parable that I always bring up. You know, in, in the Gospel of Matthew, with you know, with with the parable of the talents and and how you know the mm-hmm. one that was given five went out and produced five more. Mm-hmm. You know, and yes. the one with with two was you know went out and produced two more, and the one with one you know buried that one in the ground, and it's like. Are we are we burying what we're given in the ground, or you know, are we out? Are we like going and putting that to work? Are we are we are we going out and and trying to produce? Yeah, it's like like you said, when we when we break down those barriers, when we get in control of our financial situations, we can actually do those things that you know we're passionate about, right? Like like you said with your husband, like when when you're able to get your your financial foundation under you. Now that that burden of finances um, is not as big, and now you can have more time to go produce more of an impact. Uh, you know, maybe your husband might want to teach or or you know to preach or you know to share that with with others and his love for theology. It's like, well, he could do that at a higher level. Um, you know, you know, as you guys are, uh, mm-hmm. you know, being being uh, good stewards and 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 really uh, handling that with um, mm-hmm. that approach. So really, really love that, what you, what you brought up. So thank you for, 
for diving into that and sharing that. Yeah, thank you, Adrian. And I think it's also important to be continuing to do that even before we get to our destinations. Similar to what people are saying, YOLO, you only live <laughs> once. But <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> similarly to either, you know, in terms of our efforts towards faith, we're living a life um, in a faith-driven matter as well. We only live once. So I don't want to leave the earth just thinking that, like, I was trying to get to my destination to all do all the things I wanted to do and I didn't do anything along the way. So it's important to enjoy the smell, you know, smell the flowers along the way and other things that you wanted to do as well. Uh, it's not all about like grinding and not really enjoying the process along the way. Who knows how long we have, right? <laughs> and uh, we're not supposed to know that for a reason. Yeah, absolutely. You know, it's such a, really good point like we don't know the hour you know when our time comes when you know when it's time to go and i think that you know we have to do what we can to you know to prepare um you know spiritually for that but also um you know so that we when we when we get to you know the gates of heaven god's like hey you know did you were you a good steward of you know what i entrusted to you uh you know did you did you walk with love uh to you know to those you encountered did you leave did you lead your family well and and to me and I, th I think you know that I, such a great point about you know you'd never know when your time is, is coming and it's and uh you gotta you gotta make this life the most of it and and, and, and give that to, to the man upstairs so i really really love that nisi thank you uh, and speaking on that topic uh because i came to faith later in my life since i grew up in china for the most part and china most people don't have a religion and I came to the U.S. and learned about it through quite a few different places. But really, my husband has been a big factor in helping me understand uh, faith more from a logic standpoint, because um, I'm a data person, like things has to add up, which is very difficult <laughs> when it comes to faith. Sometimes it doesn't always add up, but it does in a, in a sense as well. So he helped me get there and he has been very instrumental in my business and my success so far as well. Um, and I think for all the people out there, you know, definitely get on the same page with your spouse about finances and how you can both use those to help build your kingdom um, that you wanted to build for your faith and God and um, understand that because for my husband, he doesn't really get involved into the details of my real estate, but he's always there to support me uh, when I have to make sacrifices. Uh, as you said earlier, we're still in the heavy building stage and uh, we're not always able to do the things we always wanted to do at all times. So having someone there really uh, motivating us and say, it's okay that you have to take that call um, we'll make this work. Uh, we can make some short-term sacrifices, um, but we need to really keep in the picture of the long-term. So I, I think that's also important as well. Absolutely. I'm so glad you, you brought that up too, because, you know, that, that partnership, uh, within, within marriage and, and between spouses is, you know, one of the most important partnerships, you know, that you have, in, um, in life and and you know in syndication and in business and it's so so 
critical, you know, to, to be on that same page and, and to have that support. So, so happy for you, you know, that you have, um, you know, a husband that's, that's supportive and, and cheering you on. Um, you know, my, my wife is, is, is the same. She's such a great uh, cheerleader and she, she's always um, understanding that, you know, at times there are sacrifices that um, aren't sometimes comfortable right now, but we, you know, we keep in mind that, that bigger long-term vision um, and we're okay, you know, making those sacrifices because we know, um, you know, where we're headed. Right. And, uh, and uh, yeah, so just love that you brought that up because it's, it's so, so important and, and uh, really awesome, you know, that you have, have that, you know, in your marriage and, and uh, you know, with, with your business. So. Yeah. Thank you. appreciate that. And happy for you as well. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, Missy. All right. What's um, we're going to shift gears here as we, as we finish up in just a few minutes, but uh, what is uh, a recent improvement that you've implemented in your real estate business um, that others could also apply to their business? I would say uh, continuing to leverage talent in the people you have in your network and your team. I recently onboarded some other virtual assistants on my team, and they're more than just assistants. They're my team, and they have so much talent within them, and um, it's just so important for us to realize that there aren't just people like a robot that checks off to-do list. Like, they can actually be here to make a bigger impact. Like the things they're learning in our business is so impactful as well. I just really loved engaging them and learning about their lives and how what we do can help them as well in terms of their learning or just providing with job securities as well. Um, and that really motivate them to do a better job as well. And it's so important to continue to encourage people and believe in their talent I, I know that sometimes, you know, it is about productivity, but sometimes it's just about understanding who they are, what their talents are, what they're trying to go, find ways to motivate people um, instead of thinking of them as a product or with features and can dispose because uh, it can feel like that when you're working sometimes. And I don't like feeling that way. And I don't want to treat people in a way that they feel that way either so really understanding what their talents what their passions are where they're trying to go and make them feel part of the team i encourage and motivate them to do more so my productivity has really increased and continue to increase as a company and i'm really proud of that and i'm really excited about direction that all of us is able to take it and on top of that i'm being meeting really great partners or potential partners and uh, really putting time on the calendar to hash out details, continue to learn about each other because partnerships are not formed in one day, but giving time to know each other and how we work and pros and cons and really assess how we can potentially work together in the future has been really beneficial as well. Fantastic. Misha. I love all that. I mean, you, you know, the, both those things with your, with your own team uh, in regards to your assistance, but also the, the partnerships that your company has is forming both of those things are related to relationships and how those are, um, how those are started, how those are continued and managed, um, but also, you know, remembering to, to, to make them personal. Right. And, and because it, like you said, it can be easy to, uh, you know, get used to the, the grind of, of uh, producing and, and, 
and maybe forgetting the, the the personal aspect of it right but i i think you know from what it sounds it sounds like you're you're keeping that in mind and that's definitely great to hear and, and i love uh you know hearing that that progress uh for you and your company in regards to you know leadership and and uh you know growth and and, and delegation uh but also uh, you know inspiring them just do great things and and uh you know, yeah, I think they're they're going to find that rewarding. You know, working for you, and I think those partners that you uh, encounter and build relationships with are going to to recognize that as well. So, uh, definitely. yeah, hope, yeah, hopefully so. And if someone is you know starting out or relatively new in the journey, whether they're active or passive investors, you know, forming relationships with people who are in similar positions as you can be very powerful as well. I know it's easy to be wanting to like just partner with the top experts in the field, but working with people who are in similar playing field as you can be very motivating as well because they all understand your challenges and you all have very similar pain points and goals in working together. So I just want to throw that out there in case I didn't emphasize that. I just think partnerships is so important and, uh, uh, looking at people in the same playing field as you and finding out who has similar values and also uh, potential um, challenges as you and similar goals as you is so important as well. Well, we're, we're coming to the end of the show. I'd like to just offer you the chance to share with our listeners uh, where, they can, where they can reach you or find more about you if they'd like to do that. Yeah. So my company is called Life Mission Capital. So you, you're always welcome to come to our website uh, in the contact us page to reach out to me personally, or you can uh, go to the website and download a lead magnet, which is how to passively invest in real estate. As, uh, as it's been a world of uh, a lot of uncertainty and uh, passively investing has been great for us and our investors. Thank you so much for coming on the show today. I really had an amazing time hearing your story, hearing your journey, uh, you know, to the States and, and now into real estate syndication and, and how uh, that's progressing for you and, you know, getting, getting to talk about uh, the faith side as well and, and how that's incorporated into all of it. Um, but uh, thank you so much. It's been an, a pleasure and thank you to our listeners as well. This is another episode of the St. Joseph's Capital Podcast. Thank you, Adrian. Thank you so much for letting me bring part of this. Thank you for listening to the St. Joseph's Capital Show brought to you by St. Joseph's Capital. St. Joseph's Capital works with investors nationwide investing in real estate while also donating 50% of profits to assist missionaries who are committed to sharing the hope and joy of the gospel with high school and university students around the world. St. Joseph's Capital creating impact, one investor one missionary, and one student at a time. Connect with us online at stjosephscapital.com to receive free access to our new seven-day course, An Introduction to Passive Real Estate Investing, which includes our new book, 13 Advantages of Real Estate Syndications, which you can also receive access for free. This information provided on this podcast is intended to be educational and informational only. It is not considered to be formal legal advice. The listener should not take refrain from taking action based on its content. Any listener is in need of legal opinion upon which to rely in decision-making should consider formally engaging an attorney to review relevant facts in detail and examine the pertinent laws that apply to these facts.